many of you like movies? Okay, quite a bit. Now, where are the people that like some old movies? Now, how many of you realize that we're starting to get more and more that 80s and 90s are actually starting to be considered old movies? <laughs> that was a bummer when I started to realize, oh, that's mo that movie's been around for about 40 years now. That stinks. Um, but uh, I, I developed a love for movies by my mother. She loved movies and loved to watch movies and even movies that you never would have thought that she would watch, but she was willing to try it. And if she didn't like it, she wouldn't watch it anymore. But if she did like it, she would watch it two, three, maybe 20 or 30 times. She would just watch it over and over again. And I got talking with my dad about all the movies that we have watched with her and even some of the movies that we have watched since. And all of these quotes started coming back to my brain. Quotes that when you hear them, you instantly know, oh, that came from this movie. Quotes like, I'll be back. May the force be with you. Run, Forrest, run! I am Groot. Uh, you is kind, you is smart, you is important. And this one is one of my favorites. Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father, prepare to die. Now, I never thought that I would say prepare to die in front of the pulpit before, but it is a quote from a movie that sticks out. And all of those quotes are a snapshot of something that is larger. It points to something else that is bigger than, than, than itself. And I want to challenge you today to take a look at your life and the decisions that you make. Because each decision you make serves as a snapshot of something bigger. It points to something else. And so I want to challenge you today to consider your decisions on whether or not they point to Jesus Christ or whether they point to something else. Another movie quote that stuck with me uh, throughout the years is this. You have chosen wisely. How many of you recognize that quote? Okay, that's a little bit of a bummer because, again, that movie goes back a little bit. But it's found from a movie called Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Now, spoiler alert, I, even though it's been out for about 30 years or so, spoiler alert, it is about an architect and, and really about a whole group of people that are looking for the cup that was used in the Last Supper by Jesus and his disciples. And there's a legend behind it, that if you drink from that cup, you will have eternal life. The symbolism there is very strong because Jesus himself is everlasting life. And he said that if you drink the water from my well, you'll never thirst again. So we get to the final scene where, G where Indiana Jones, not Jesus. <laughs> That's later in my message. Indiana Jones gets to that final place where there is all a room full of cups and vessels that hold water. And it is being guarded by one of the knights from the first crusades. And he has been kept alive all this time by drinking from the cup. And he had a warning for them. And it's the title of my message. Choose wisely. Because if you drink from the one cup, it would give life. But if you drink from the wrong cup, it would bring death. 
Now, we have been in a series that has been addressing the topic of wisdom. And we have heard throughout this series that knowledge is different than wisdom. We are not short on knowledge in this, in this, in this society. If you think about it, we have more access to knowledge and information than any other time in human history. It's literally in the palm of our hand. We can access a, a whole ton of knowledge. But none of that knowledge does us any good if we have no idea how to apply that knowledge. Whether or not we will make the right decision. And that is really the crux of it, is, is that wisdom is often revealed by the choices that we make. Um, will we choose the right thing or will we choose the wrong thing? And I've noticed that as I've gotten older, those choices tend to build off of one another. It is rare for somebody to wake up one morning and realize, man, my life has instantly become garbage. Or my life has instantly become great. It is because your life is usually a combination, a pattern of wise choices or unwise choices. And that is why it is so hard to change. Because you're not just changing one thing, you are trying to reverse a whole lifetime of bad decisions. That is why it is important for us to look at every single decision that we make and we ask ourselves the question, what is the wise thing to do? We have to choose wisely. That is also why we need Jesus Christ. Because we will mess up. We will need the grace of God to pick us up when we make an unwise decision so that he can encourage us, so that he can give us strength and wisdom on how to do something better. We need Jesus in our lives in order for us to walk on the path of wisdom. We need Jesus in our lives. We're going to take a look at a story where a woman was at a crossroads. Uh, she had a decision to make that was really important, and we can find this story in the book of Ruth. Ruth was a Moabite woman, and she was married to an Israelite man, and they lived outside of Israel. And right off the bat, we see Ruth losing three important members of her family. She lost her father-in-law, she lost her brother-in-law, and she lost her husband. We pick up the story right there at the very beginning with three people dying. Pretty encouraging, huh? Three people dead right off the bat. And here we have Ruth's mother-in-law after all of this, she was heading back to her people, heading back to the nation of Israel, and she was telling her daughter-in-laws, or Orpah, I almost said Oprah again, Orpah and Ruth, and she told them, it's time for you to go back, find a husband among the Moabites, because there's nothing more to be gained if you stick around with me. This was a big decision for Ruth because not only was it going to impact her, but it was going to impact uh, every member of her family for generations to come. She had to choose wisely. Now let's see what she decided in Ruth chapter 1, verse 16. But Ruth replied, don't plead with me to abandon you or to return and not follow you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. 
Now, Ruth had a decision here, but it was more complex than the momentary decision at that time. And that's the same for us as followers of Jesus Christ. When we became a follower of Jesus, it was more complicated than a single decision that we made to Jesus on one day in our lives. In fact, that's just where it started. Instead, we now have a lifetime of decisions where we are choosing to pursue Jesus Christ every single day of our lives. And all of those choices reflect our faith in him. We see this play out in Ruth's life, that her decision to follow Naomi and to take care of her uh, led to other decisions. It led to the choice of work. Ruth's mother-in-law begged Ruth to go back to her people and find a husband, and she did that because she was looking after Ruth. Ruth, normally the Jewish custom was, is is that if your husband died, you would find a brother who was not attached to anyone, and then that brother would marry you. That brother would be in charge of taking care of you. The only problem here is all of Naomi's sons were dead. No more, no more sons. And so Naomi realized that even if I somehow were able uh, to become pregnant once again in this old age, and that child just happens to be a man or a little boy, that Ruth would have to wait for many, many years for that boy to be of age to marry Ruth. So she realized that this was not a possibility. She also realized that if she followed Naomi back to the nation of Israel, that it would have been hard for her to find a husband. It was one thing for her to marry an Israelite in the land of the Moabites. That wasn't as big of a deal there. But to go back to the nation of Israel, that would have been difficult because there would be cultural differences. There would be religious differences. But for her to go back to the land of Moab to find a husband there, there wasn't going to be those differences. There wasn't going to be those boundaries. And we find from later chapters in the book of Ruth that Ruth was a beautiful woman. So for all of that, the smart move for Ruth, the one that made the most sense if she was using her brain, was to to go back to her own people, find a husband there. She wouldn't have to work nearly as hard. It would have been something that would offer her immediate security. It would have been easy for her. But instead, she chose the life of hard work in order to honor her mother-in-law and to honor God. In later chapters, we see Ruth performing grueling work in the fields. And that is how she was noticed by her future husband and her redeemer, Boaz. He noticed her beauty, but he also noticed how hard she worked and how she did it with a good attitude. Now that brings me to a challenge for you. What do you work on? What is it that you spend your time and energy on? Because one of, the, one of the most unfortunate things that you can find yourself doing is finding yourself busy in, in, in the things that don't matter, in the things that have no eternal significance. The Word of God says to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. There is no, there, there is, there's no leeway there. We are called to give God everything that we have. And so how does that translate when you are doing your own work? 
whether you're working at your job or whether you're finding yourself busy at doing the things during your off time. What do you spend time on? And do those things point back to Jesus Christ? What is the attitude that you do them? Because that points to something as well. When we sit there and sit on our hands and, not, and choose not to work hard and choose to have other people take care of us, that says something too because it says that our hope and our faith and reliance is in somebody here on this earth and not in Jesus Christ. We are not honoring him by sitting on our hands. We have the choice to make, a choice to work hard so that we honor God with our work ethic. It would have been easy for Ruth to become bitter. If you think about it, she had a choice to make and it was an emotional decision. Naomi, Orpah, and her were in tears and she saw this woman that she cared about and loved was about to go back to her land and she was gonna be by herself. Who was gonna take care of her? So it would have been easy for her to make the decision, oh, I'll step up. I'll take care of her, but after weeks of spending time in a land that's not her own, where she doesn't know anybody, and the one person that she does know has been broken and bruised enough that she is turning away people who love her. And she's finding herself working in the fields, working hard, and she can say to herself, if I found a husband back in my own home country, I wouldn't have to do this. I know a little bit about what that's like to make a decision only to regret it because maybe the people didn't appreciate it. Maybe it was inconvenient. It somehow made my life more difficult. Maybe you can relate to this too. How many of you have been to a restaurant where you've opened the door for somebody else and after they've gone in, the town of Camilla suddenly shows up and wants to come in too? And so now you are there just waiting for all of these people to show up. And then after they go by, then the village of Salve comes. And they have to go in. And so you're at this awkward, tense moment. Do I, do I cut them off and say, no, 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 I'm done. I'm heading in. Or do you become a permanent fixture of the building? And you, that is now your job. You are now the doorman of Longhorn Steakhouse. And where management is looking outside wondering, when did we hire him? It would be easy for her that after a while realizing this has become inconvenient. This has become difficult. Anyone can do something nice when it's convenient. Anyone can be good when it doesn't cost them anything, but it is only when we choose to work hard, when it's inconvenient, that shows that our hearts truly belong to the Lord. Take a look at Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 through 24. Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people, knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ. The way that, word, that verse is worded is powerful. We serve the Lord. Uh, we don't serve other people, and we certainly don't serve ourselves. I have found that many times that when I work hard, a lot of times people notice. 
Your boss sometimes notice and goes and gives you a compliment. Sometimes your boss will even give you a promotion or give you a raise. And that is really the benefits of working hard. But my question is this, what if you're not appreciated? What if that promotion never comes? What if you don't get the raise? What if your boss is not looking at the time? Well, the choice that is truly wise there is recognizing that the God of the universe who has given you life, even though you don't deserve life, is watching your every move. And he, uh, and he is waiting for you to worship him with everything that you have, to honor him by working hard and working with a good attitude. We have to work hard. We have to choose wisely. The second choice that Ruth had to make is she had the choice of relationship. Ruth had to choose between Naomi and her own people. So she had known Naomi obviously for a while, but she grew up in the land of the Moabites. Her choice to turn away uh, and serve Naomi was not a small decision, but her choice was one of wisdom that saw that Naomi was connected to something greater. She knew that honoring her was the right thing to do. She honored her relationship with her husband because she's taking care of his mother. All of this was a choice and whom she was going to be connected to. Now, there's, this is something that I want to explain a little bit of the difference between showing the love of Jesus Christ to all people and whom you choose to have a relationship with. There is a difference between those two things. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are called to show love and to show love to all people. There is nothing there that should be getting in the way of that. So you should be loving people no matter if they look differently than you. You should be loving people in spite of the fact that they might sin in a way that you would normally not sin. You are to love everybody because Jesus loved everybody. But that relationship is oftentimes one-sided. But the Bible calls for us to be careful in whom we allow into our lives that have influence. And that's what it means to have a relationship with somebody. You are inviting them to have access to your life that not everybody would have. Now you take a look at the beginning of the book of Acts, the disciples were particularly picky on whom they had relationship with. They knew very well to go into all the world and preach the gospel. They knew it was their job to love all people. But they also knew that not everybody was their friend. They knew that they were hunted uh, in a way that could cause them death and could cause them imprisonment, could cause them bodily injury. So that's why we read in the early parts of Acts, when there was knocking at the door, when the disciples were gathered in a meeting, they were careful about when they went to the door because they realized that not everyone is their friend. And we too have to be careful about who we allow access to our life to influence you because not everyone is going to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Not anyone is going to serve Jesus Christ. And so their influence will direct you to a place that is not Jesus. And that, and, and that could mean us being dragged to an unhealthy place, even to the pit of hell. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-5, through 5, it says this, But know this, hard times will come in the last days, 
For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable slanderers, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to the form of godliness, but denying the power. Avoid, avoid these people. So with all of that, who has influence in your life? Who is it that has access in such a way that they can have uh, influence that can drag you away from God's presence? I love the way that that verse is worded because it even says there that there will be some people that will have a form of godliness. They will say that they love God. Hey, I love God. I talk to him every day. But their lives are filled with slander. Their lives are filled with being lovers of self. Their lives are filled with pleasure. Their lives are filled with other things that have nothing to do with Jesus Christ. And we are called to be careful and to choose wisely in our relationships. The book of Amos says, can two walk together without agreeing to meet? We make the conscious decision on whom we have a relationship with. It is not an accident. So while we are out there loving people with all of our heart the way Jesus did, we have a choice on who is going to influence our lives. We have to choose wisely. As we have the worship team come on up, we're going to talk about the last choice that Ruth had to make. The choice of God. The previous two points had a common component to it. Working hard is a reflection of who you belong to. And how you work is a reflection of who you belong to. And your relationships not only reflect your relationship with God, but it also influences your relationship with God. And today, you have the choice between two worlds. And that choice is where will you spend eternity? Ruth made that decision. She told Naomi, your God will be my God. That was a big deal for her. That wasn't just some flippant comment because the land of the Moabites had their own gods. They had their own religion. She knew what that was about, but she chose to turn that aside and to choose to worship God Almighty. Today, we have the decision to make on whether or not we are going to continue to worship the things that we have been worshiping all of our lives. And for some of us, we need to recognize that there are things that we worship that we never intended to worship. If you look at what you spend your time on, what you spend your energy on, and you begin to realize that you spend an awful lot of your resources doing this one thing, then that might mean that you are worshiping that thing in your heart. You might not think that in your head, but your heart has revealed who you truly worship. So today, you have the decision to make. Are you going to continue the path that you're on, or will you turn from that and worship Jesus Christ? C.M. Ward said this about Ruth. Destiny is a choice. It is not an accident. It is not something that you're born into. And this was something that involved turning, and it did for Ruth. She turned from the past. She put it behind her. She would not be deterred, even with the pleading of her own loved ones. 
she accepted the cost and determined that that cost was worth it. Please hear me today. Turning to Jesus Christ, it will cost you something, but the cost is worth it. It's worth it. Not only will you have eternal life, but you will begin to have a hope and a purpose here on this planet that you never did before. It's worth it today. For many of us, we have to hear the call of God as Paul talks about. He talks about the call of God that says, press on to the upward call of God. We have a lot of things that distract us, a lot of things that could take up our time and our energy. And if we're not careful, if we don't lift our eyes up, we will not hear the voice of the living God call out to us and say, accept my life today. Accept my hope today. Choose wisely. Can you hear that voice? Can you hear that, can you feel that tug in your heart, the tug of the Holy Spirit that says, choose me. I will forgive you. You don't have to be stuck here anymore. You can have life once again. Do you feel that tug on your heart right now? The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to force you to do something that you don't want to do. But he will knock on the door of your heart. You have to be the one that says, come on in. It involves your choice, your decision today. We are going to sing a song now that is about looking to God. He is where our help comes from. We will love him with all of our strength. So today, whether you have uh, chosen all this time to be a follower of Jesus Christ, or whether this is something that is new for you, we are going to respond today by thinking about these words and singing them with all of our heart and our soul and our mind. So as we sing this song, think about those words and sing with spirit and in truth. So we're going to put our masks back on. If you want to, you can stand up, you can kneel, you can stay seated wherever you are. But whatever it is, may your heart reflect that you are choosing to worship Him today. Let's sing. <laughs>